Let thy soul be awakened. Hello and welcome to the Mystical <laughs> Artist Podcast. Yes, hello. Um, we Thank are, you. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Uh, the little guy is a part of this one. Yeah, we got him dressed for work, and uh, now he's sleeping on the job. Yeah, I think he's he's boob snoozing. <laughs> yeah. Really is what he's doing. Yeah. But if I try to pull him off, then he's like, no, I'm not done. Um, if he gets a little, I'll, I'm going to, I'll grab him. Okay. Well, I'm closest to this little bouncy seat. Right. That he seems to love. Yeah, pedal to the metal, baby. No, you freak out every time I <laughs> pedal it to the metal. Uh, wait till we get snowmobiles and motorcycles to ride. Oh, yeah. And switchblades. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I should start meditating and more. Viking axes. Yeah, you just need to meditate more so you're not <laughs> So I can handle this. Can't helicopter this kid. Or me. Yeah. I did like that story uh, that Leah Schreiber told of his mother. She bought him a motorcycle at 16 because she wanted him to learn how to be fearless. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's badass. <laughs> and thinking <laughs> about doing awesome. that, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm not buying him a motorcycle, really. No. That's a joke. A snowmobile, though. I've never. Have you ever snowmobiled? No. Uh, neither have I, and I wanna. I wanna try it. We live in definite snowmobile country. Yeah, it seems pretty epic. It's like jet. Have you ever jet skied? No, I've ride motorcycles. Well. Ridden motorcycles. I had a motorcycle and I had a Vespa. Oh yeah. And the Vespa is actually kind of more fun in a lot of ways like because it's like really it's really zippy and i like the way you're up right plus it's automatic which once you know how to ride a motorcycle it's that doesn't make that much of a difference but i like the little you're just like riding on this little seat and you zip around and there's a little storage under the trunk and you can like hang grocery bags from the front. I love that. Um, and it's real quiet. Um, Wait, how fast can a Vespa go? Depends on the size. The one I had was a 200, which legally is a motorcycle. And that could go like <clears throat> with the wind at your back going downhill a bit. You could probably bring it up to 70. Okay. Maybe 75. You could probably tweak it if you knew how to tweak the the exhaust and stuff even faster but i would occasionally i would hit 60 65 but you wouldn't go would you go on highways and freeways yes yeah, i have like one exit yeah okay um but i wouldn't like take a road trip oh god no i mean there was a um there's little vespa clubs um i mean i would go out riding for like a whole day um and then the motorcycle's fun. I mean, the motorcycle just has a lot more power, and I some overall feel safer. Uh, a lot of people in a motorcycle. Yeah, because if you're not because you're, it's faster and you can get out of the way faster. Yeah. So a lot of motorcycle riding is very defensive. You have to be aware, and so that faster acceleration means you can get out of the way faster okay that makes so sense. so people think oh a scooter it only goes whatever 35 so um it's safer but you uh, the motorcycle is safer in my opinion 
Well, and then people like go on vacation to some island and then they rent a scooter. Those are usually 49cc, so it's much smaller. And you could probably, I don't, maybe you can go 35 on it. Yeah, I feel like I just thought of my cliche Italy moment when I was 19 and I rode on the back of a Vespa. It was like I just needed to fill that because it's just this, it's just what I imagine an Italian experience to be like. Was it all you? Was it all that was cracked up? It was to ca- I mean, nah, not really. I think it would have been better if, like, the guy I knew the person driving it was like some random guy that my friends uh, knew. So, and you have to hold on. Like, I think if you were riding the Vespa in Italy, I'd be like, "Oh, nice. This is this is cozy." That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. Wow. So that sounds like you had an amazing trip to Italy when you were nineteen. Uh, you can ride a Vespa in any country. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, the... Did you ride a Ferrari? Like, Roman drive Holiday a kind of... No, but I went to the Ferrari um, Museum. Um, all I'm saying is uh, I rode a Vespa in America as yeah. an American. Yeah, I know. I was an American Vespa rider. We should stop talking about Vespa because they're not even sponsoring us at this point. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, that's enough Vespa talk. Do you even know what Vespa means? No. It's a wasp. Oh. Um, so this, this is exciting Vespa talk, and uh, maybe <laughs> I'll – I want to try – the, the bottom line is I want to try snowmobiling. And we live in an area, and apparently there's snowmobile trails that interconnect all over the state of Vermont and go into New York State. So I feel like you could really do a serious outing. Um, I really love hats on him, by the way. Those of you <laughs> listening can't see him, but he's wearing a little hat, <laughs> and he looks like a little elf right now. It's pretty adorable. I know. He's so sweet. I do love his hair, though. That's the thing. I'm like, well, when the hat's on, we can't see his beautiful, luscious blonde well, I locks. Th- true. He does have – he takes after me with just beautiful, amazing hair. Yeah. Um, but the hat is pretty adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder – he was talking a lot this morning when I was with him. So I was like, oh, are you ready to podcast? He's like, yeah. And then I said, hello. I swear to God. He was like, hello. Yeah, buddy. No, um, he said hi to you like when he was like three weeks old. Yeah, my mom was here for that. We have too. witnesses. Um. So, We're not those parents that think their child's exceptional when they're like not exceptional. Well, we He's only a very have one exceptional child. child. <laughs> like we can't gauge that. We have one child. Yeah, every, every, and I've every, never been really every a... child. He wins a prize for participating in life. <laughs> you win the the birth prize, buddy. Speaking of prizes, um, you didn't even watch the the slap that was heard across the world. I saw it. I saw it last night because there was all this like. Well, I follow the New York Post on Instagram, and there was just so many pictures of Will Smith and Chris Rock, and I was like, what happened? Um, and then it was like uncensored cut from Australian broadcast. You had to watch an, uh, an Australian version? Yeah, because the, the U.S. version cut out the part where Will Smith was like, don't say, don't use my uh, wife's effing name. Uh, Don't make fun of her alopecia. No, it was well. You can sleep with her, but you can't make fun of her. Right? Oh, are you implying because they're in an open relationship? I know that's what the the media says. That's what I yeah. But he's number one. You know what I mean? Like he could still defend his wife. (laughs) 
Uh, sure. I, whatever the, what the point I wanted to get at about it is, I my theory is because the Oscars are so boring and antiquated and just dead to the yeah. world and nobody gives a shit anymore. They're like, you, you name five movies that were nominated. You can't. I can. Well. N- Really? But was that a rhetorical question yeah, for the audience? Yeah, that was a rhetorical okay. question. All okay. right. <laughs> Man, you got to get your podcasting chops back on. 40 days with this baby, and you're just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, Hey, buddy. Are you ready? You ready to podcast? Anyhow, the Oscars are dead. I guess you could name five yeah. films. But television's but more exciting can. right now anyway. And um, I think it was a setup to get to boost ratings. Because it's all anybody's talking about right well, now. Well, yeah. Um, so that's my uh, that's my conspiracy theory on it. Well, I did see some. There was like on Twitter, someone broke it down, and they're like, "Look, Chris Rock is giving eye contact to Will Smith, and he's not even flinching." That was the on whole Instagram. Thing was set I up. sent it to you. Yeah, but I also saw it on Twitter. But oh. anyway, I um, I figured I was looking into. I mean, I just don't understand why if you're up for the Best Actor award, and he was basically campaigning to get it um why would you then do something like that to bring even more attention to you and take it away from the prize well i don't like the way you're thinking here you're not letting me go with my conspiracy theory that the oscars are boring they're they suck they're joyless enterprise that nobody gives a crap about and what a way to bring attention is to like stage a big slap and i wonder if maybe maybe like Jada Pinkett Smith is coming out with an album or something like there's going to be some promotional that some promotion that follows this. Uh, I thought it was Will Smith's daughter that had that an album or something. Oh, I know. About but whipping I, your hair out. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I don't know. I think that like I, I just don't understand how that happened. I just don't think that's it's it's not in his best interest to set that up. That's why I think he was acting out of rage. Uh, okay, well, you can have your idea, and I'm going to have mine. Yeah. And that's the Oscars suck, and they needed to do something, and they're desperate, and so that slap is all anybody's talking about. I don't even know who won best movie or best picture. Coda. Okay. Does anyone else listening actually know that? Probably not, but yeah. they all know that Will Smith slapped uh, Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah. You know? But the joke wasn't even that funny. Well, I didn't watch the joke. It was about her being in G.I. Jane 2. Like that's a pretty lame joke. Oh, which I is why it does feel like he a said, setup. Uh, she had the shaved head, and so she was a lesbian. No, where are you oh. getting your information? Well, I fact checkers. So you can't come out with the conspiracy that it was all set up, and then say that you thought it was. You don't even know the ju- the whole gist the of the story. The joke's irrelevant. <sighs> so if it's such a bad joke. It was such a Chris, bad joke. Okay, so you're contradicting yourself. You're uh, like because. Chris Rock is a really great comedian and philosopher. Uh huh. So he has better jokes. So it yeah. seems like a setup joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So now I'm confused. You've got me like in between. I'm paying attention to the baby. I'm like half in this. You're <laughs> saying it's slab. a bad joke. It's a bad joke. That only proves my point that that joke was really bad when you have a comedian as talented as Chris Rock, who is yeah. hilarious. Very intelligent and just is a world-renowned philosopher, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's, like, spot on. 
And why would that's the joke is lame enough to be a ridiculous setup to uh, create the scenario. And then everyone's like, oh, Will Smith, you're great. You're a genius. Things like that. Right. Right. Well, uh, now you can think that it wasn't it wasn't in his best interest. I think it was a setup to boost ratings. But I'll they might take that. away his prize. Or his Oscar. I don't know why I'm calling it a prize. It sounds really silly. Well, I think they were trying to boost ratings because all these people were pushing to have Zelensky satellite image in and give a speech, and which would have boosted ratings because he would have probably gotten the Oscar for best war. (laughs) So that didn't happen. Yeah. So now I think that he at least will win the Oscar, Will Smith, for best slap. If he slap that was heard around the world. Yeah. If Zelensky came in, that would have just been like that would have just been the lowest of lows. Well, they want from a nucle- world leader, they want nuclear war. Uh, the this is just uh, yeah, they do. Um and it I'm telling you, the whole thing is fraud. It's the same twenty people. Uh I'm still traumatized by that speech that we have to have more women writers and that's gonna change the world. So we have some more women writers now. Good for them for getting jobs. Some of those people actually have been my clients. Yeah. And uh good for them. And write yeah. on crazy, really successful shows. But let me tell you, I don't think the world has become a better place because of it. And then they want, they want like, well, they want war. They want, like, here's the Oscar for best war. And then Putin can get, like, the Oscar for best villain. supporting role as a villain. Yeah. yeah. Best supporting role for um, world domination. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe Biden would totally win because every time you go and play out, like, um, mental disability – He'd win the Lifetime Achievement Award. No, I think, um, yeah, he could. But uh, mental disability, like Forrest Gump, all of that. You always win Sling Blade. That put, uh, you know, Billy Bob Thornton on the map. Yeah, I think he wrote that. So, you know, anytime that was like Tropic Thunder, you can't go full retard. Yeah. You know, I'm just quoting the movie, by the way, if anyone wants to get offended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so that, he has that movie Joe Biden hasn't gone full. Yeah. But I think he's gone uh, Academy Award. Well, his ratings are plummeting just like the Oscars. Uh, I liked I liked uh, the New Yorker even, which I figured would praise that. Just they called it no. joyless. Yeah. Which I was like, that's exactly what it is. And I don't really enjoy the New Yorker and I find it the most joyless magazine. But I was like, Oh, that headline is exactly right. But Fox News headline was like, uh, the Oscars are on life support. I mean, it's true. I was reading reasons why it's on life support and one of the top reasons was um well one of the the theories is that the idea of celebrity has shifted from people you see on television to people you see on Instagram and TikTok are there influencer awards cuz i would watch that i don't you would you f- oh my god that would be so good i love social media um. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just you know i thought that that was interesting cuz it it feels like we've now entered the the world and we have already where everyone has their own Everyone has experienced or will experience 15 minutes of fame, which is what Andy Warhol had prophesized. Um, yeah, everybody's in the world got of a television. everybody's got a platform. 
Um, but it's it's Sean Penn said he would smelt down all his Oscars. Smelt uh, meltdown. You mean? Smelt uh, smelting no. metal. <laughs> what? Smelt. Yeah, smelting metal. All right, I'll give it to you. Um, and he Zelensky didn't speak, so I hope I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold Sean Penn to it. I don't care if he boned Madonna. He needs to melt those. No, I think he was like high on pills when he said that. Well, let's see if he does it. I'm yeah. sure everyone was like, no, Sean Penn, don't smelt your Oscars. That <laughs> means so much to me. Right, buddy? He's like, I was incarnated to planet Earth so I could get a glance at Sean Penn's Oscars. Right? He's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now he's crying, literally. Now he's like, no, I don't care. You don't care about that, buddy. You got much more important things to do than bore yourself with the Oscars. But we but had see, a note. But see, we're talking about it. We wouldn't have talked about the Oscars before. Yeah, I know. But we had a note that there was like a specific aspect in Will Smith's astrology chart that. Yeah. So I saw on social on Instagram um, that the. Uh, so I guess there was a Saturn Moon square transit for. Uh, Will Smith, which can so I found it, that is pretty interesting because that um, could put you at not the best behavior, mm-hmm. and Saturn that should be sort of disciplined becomes undisciplined, and then if you have negative Moon emotions, then Saturn though isn't inherently like violent, but I think you can. The argument is that's just you're not going to be your best. Okay. So. Um, I do, you know, that could be a thing. Right. So if what it's was it, not... What was it in? What how? I mean, what sign was it in? Uh, I'd have to look at it okay. again. I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that it was a square. Okay. It's probably the signs could be less relevant, although very relevant. And I don't feel like looking it up right now because I'm holding him. Yeah. But that's going to cause tension. Okay. Right? So squares in astrology will cause tension. Okay. Now, some astrologers will look at squares in the general uh, narrative of most astrologers. Most astrologers are very mediocre at best at anything and contribute very little to the evolution of consciousness on the planet, in my opinion. But uh, squares in lower astrology will say, oh, that's tension and problems. Right? Like, right now, he's probably squaring something. Right, buddy? Um, But a more evolved perspective on squares um, is going... And there's astrologers that I know and our friends that utilize that. A square is a wonderful push that you can accelerate into something more successful. And sometimes you need some sort of thorn in your side yeah. to like actually motivate you to make a difference. Right. Right. So if everything's like easy peasy, you're like, great. Well, I don't, you know? Yeah. Like if you're like, like a trust fund kid. Well, it could be that you might have tons of squares and be an emotional wreck, but financially maybe you're fine or maybe, but uh, it is often the case that like when I look at charts and the other astrologers that I know will see, Charts with a good balance of squares, which are, uh, you know, think of ten- uh, tension and applied pressure, and a good balance of, say, trines 
and trines are like things just working out really easy. Yeah. But if it's like too much trine, which is just sort of easy peasy, yeah, often like not as much gets accomplished. Mm -hmm. Whereas charts that have that that tension will often force that person and force the clarent into situations that um, they need to create success out of. Anyhow, <clears throat> that's this general idea. So if squares are like you have th the transiting planets are squaring, those can it can manifest as difficulties if you're unconscious, but if you know and are aware um, where and what that tension is about. So let's take that square of like moon and Saturn and if he knew that, he'd say, all right, maybe I will make sure to not be riled up emotionally and sort of be the disciplinary, which would be Saturn, and say, punch somebody. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just don't see Saturn as inherently like slappy energy. But looks like this was Moon and Scorpio. So, yeah, Scorpio can be a moody broody. Yeah. Scorpio can be a cunt, really. Totally. Um especially Moon. Went for the slap instead of a punch. That seems more passive aggressive to me. Totally. But I don't Scorpio's not really inherently violent, I don't think, and neither is Saturn. Saturn's just it's difficult. Mm. You know. So um you know, if you're looking at your chart, you're gonna be like tracking Saturn to see where you might where things just take a little more work. Yeah. And I think the poor language is difficult, honestly, with, and even though I just said it. And Saturn is just letting you know this is all going to take more effort. Right, which is what I discovered last year. Uh, Saturn was, like, going through my chart, which well, made things going, a little bit. it's going through everybody's But there chart. was something about, like, that it was like Saturn was really prevalent in my chart for the whole year, which made it really difficult and where we saw, any like, sort delays or... Um, hardships and even though last year was really amazing I can see like even driving cross country there was just like delays with the internet where we had to I had to send a file and then we had to spend a couple nights at a hotel that we didn't want to stay at things like that that I was like oh that that's the Saturn that came through well yeah but I think really the the higher mindset on that is there is a lot more life responsibility and that was the reality of it you're still dealing with a ton of saturn stuff i know the internet working really isn't saturn but saturn are things that can slow you down so if the internet didn't work and we had to stay someplace longer saturn's potentially slowing it down if you, saturn sucks if you're a whiny little bitch Okay. Okay, so <laughs> it's true because Saturn says, look, you got to just get your shit together. You need to apply some work and attention, and sometimes you just have to adult. Yes. And so that's why so many people get crushed on their Saturn return, you know, around 27, 30, um, because they still want – there's a still part of their psyche – that's like still a little kid mm -hmm. and isn't managing and figuring out, okay, where do I just like, you know, where do I, where do I grow up? Yeah. And so right now I'm dealing with an interesting Saturn opposition and square as far as my um, 
solar return chart is and it's in the house 10th and uh 4th house which can also be parenting mm. so uh, two astrologers that looked at that i was like well duh of course i'm gonna have a lot more responsibility because i'm about to be a parent so that seems apparent to me <laughs> da, da. yeah well, that's a good dad joke. Yeah, that was good. I laughed. Well, okay, not <laughs> enough. All right. What did I say about Moon and Scorpio? Um, Passive aggressive. No. Oh. Something else. Oh, right. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Scorpio can be Scorpio can be a shitty energy, a sh- shitty sign when it's low. It's the best when it's the best. Yeah. But, um, so that's Saturn. Um. So I'm kind of like, this has been one stop responsibility train. Not the kids been the easiest part, but just, oh joy, taxes. Oh joy, moving. Oh joy, changing every single address again. Oh joy, moving again. Because why? Oh, we're buying a house. Super exciting. Oh, is that the most adulting? I thought going to the post office was adulting. Closing a house is definitely, uh, that feels more adulting than parenting. Parenting, uh, you yeah. just hang out and you're just like a pizzazz to your kid. You're like, hey, buddy. And now he's like starting to smile. That, that well, feels it's like easy. a day by day thing with parenting. Um, I feel like it just evolves and you grow into it. I don't know if I've grown into it, but I get more into him every day. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just I'm just going with it. Trusting. This is my philosophy. He chose us as parents. So, you know. Um, yeah, but I have a question about like, have you ever done a reading for somebody where they only have trines and like, what's, how does that manifest? Well, no, I've never seen chart? a chart that is only trines or like a or, majority of trines or a majority of a squares. F- like, I've seen a few mostly trine chart or a lot of trines. Yeah. The hardest people to read for, for me are people that, um, things are working out well and they have no idea what the hell they want to do. Mm. So they have no actual ambition towards anything. Oh, okay. Uh, that, and I know other readers that feel the same way. It's just hard because it's like, okay, well you don't really have any needs or wants. Yeah. So what do you want? Like, why are you even getting a reading per se? Like, just to, you know, let me tell you that everything's lucky and it's going to work out. And you're a do you think they're expecting deep, you to say healer or something? Well, I was just thinking, do you think they're expecting you to, to tell them something they maybe don't know about themselves? Like, oh, your chart is like you should be in the performing arts. And the person's like, what? Really? OK. Well, probably. But it's not always about what you're going to do for a job. I mean, there's all sorts of emotional layers and things like that. But I personally like overall to deal with people that want to make some changes or have some sort of ambition. Sometimes the best to me. Um, And every scenario is different. Like I just did a reading recently, very sweet person. And they like, they kind of knew these directions and they just sort of felt bummed out like because they had built up a real notion, a real narrative that they should have had this like dynamo success and the arts or what I don't remember exactly. I want to say it was like the arts. They had a very creative chart and, um, you know, overall what I was able to see through transits too 
is they were just unnecessarily really getting down on themselves. Mm -hmm. And that part was just creating a lot of blocks. And so more often than not, I'm confirming something like what somebody feels within and it's not always, um, but most of the time. And then that, you know, usually empowers someone to make a little bit of a leap and maybe at least just start to lean in that direction. Yeah. Of whatever, maybe it could be a talent. It's not always like, again, not always a talent that you're going to monetize, but just something that'll add purpose and fulfillment to your life and expand your horizons. But I just don't see why you're going to get a reading if you don't want to apply anything and you don't, it's, you know, I guess I, I like ambition. I even really like ambition, even if it's totally in the wrong places. Right. Because at least that's someone to me is like trying to do something. Yeah. Better for themselves. Yeah. It's like the guy from uh, the We Crash show that we're watching where he's like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. He's just telling everybody he's a serial entrepreneur. Well, clearly he was on Clubhouse then. Oh, for sure. Because everybody on Clubhouse <laughs> was a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I but hate it's like that the phrase. words of affirmation in a way, because he wasn't really doing. I mean, he had like these little things that he was trying to get off the ground, but they weren't going anywhere. I feel like that's not a positive affirmation. Serial entrepreneur it means that you Scattered. keep trying things that don't do well, but you're trying things. Yeah, I think a better affirmation is I'm like a successful a, entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm like prof- wildly successful entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, right, right. I was just thinking about the when you say the words of affirmation or like if you want something in your life, it's it's good to say it in the present tense versus like saying like, I will be a serial entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, say affirmations. Probably most people listening to this are aware of that, but I will read things that are meant to be affirmations that'll be like. You know, I will be financially solvent and successful. And then you ne- and then you read it the next day, and then you're like, I will be. And then you <laughs> read it in ad infinitum, and then you never get there. Yeah. So that's why you always speak it in present tense. But also take out, don't say the negative. Right. Like, I won't be fat anymore. Yeah. Or I won't be uh, broke as opposed, you know, just wouldn't say that. Instead, like, I am, will no longer be broke. I am no longer broke, and I am, you know, financially successful. Yes. Just take away the, that's, you know, you don't need to say that. Yeah. But I see a lot of things that still emphasize what you don't want, and you just are adding that vibrational frequency still to what you don't want, even if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's like saying, like, I will we'll never get divorced as opposed to saying, let's just, we're, we'll stay, um, you know, we're married forever or whatever. Did you know your phone emits radiation? This cloud of radiation sits just outside your brain the entire time you're using your phone or AirPods. If you listen to podcasts all day and talk on the phone, that exposure really builds up, but no need to live under a rock and throw away all your devices there's WaveBlock. WaveBlock's accredited lab-tested line of products helps significantly reduce the amount of radiation you're exposed to with their easy-to-apply EMF blocking stickers. Get 20% off today when you use the code REMINGTON, R-E-M-I-N-G-T-O-N, at waveblock.com. WaveBlock, products that protect you, designed in Los Angeles, California. Now back to the show. Um, 
it's like I like the notion too that I learned like don't even use the word budget like don't say well I have a budget of this amount of money to redo the garage just say our the spending plan is however much right like my like I in, you know I budget $200 a week on groceries or whatever you know it's just uh, my spending plan or this is what I spend on that because that's more um expansive right and allows for greater opportunity instead of telling the universe well you operate by always cutting back even though you know you may have a certain amount yeah that it would be appropriate to spend based on how much money you have well it's like it's like that um I don't know where I read this, but instead of saying, I can't afford this, it's shifting into the perspective of how can I afford this? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. It really like, I read it the other day and I was like, oh, I'm going to just apply that to everything now. Well, I did that. I think we did that to the, um, to getting a house in a way. Yeah. Because, I mean, I certainly, not that long ago, buying a house seemed reasonably impossible Mm -hmm. and then i just sort of took that out of my head and then it's like okay let's get to the nitty-gritty what's the reality here yeah i think a lot of times when it comes to numbers especially numbers or business and things like that um it be for a lot of people myself i used to really be like this i was like intimidated by reality that's real Saturn's truth and beauty, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm going to muster up the adulting ability. Let's look at it. Let's just, instead of speculating, oh, we could afford this or that, which we were sort of trying to figure out. And then it was like, let's just, we got to get everything in order, get the pre-approval and just confront, <laughs> face the music, Saturn, yeah. you yeah. know? And then what does blow me away, <laughs> if you're trying to buy a house and haven't bought a house, Talk to several different lenders because the difference can be a couple hundred grand. I know. So because you pay something off for 160 bucks. So, um, you know, do do your research, do your due diligence. But, you know, for me, back in the day, financial stuff I found more triggering um, where I didn't want to just look at the reality like, oh, I owed this or this is what it is. I brought this in. And just over a number of years in practice that just opened up. Mm-hmm. That's a function of the number four, objective reality. Yeah. You know, a neutral mind. Like, instead of trying to speculate, um, well, I could do this and that and that, it really helps to just know. Whether it's objective reality on your numbers, but even a lot of people with a ton of money still have no idea when they're coming or going with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so sometimes that's another thing. Make enough money to be super slack. Yeah. Yeah. It, we have that one friend who he has enough money where he can get his car towed. And I think I've mentioned that. But yeah, uh, that's a great example. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> this is like makes I know a lot of people that make enough money to just sort of be disa- like high functioning disasters (laughs) (laughs) basically because like they can always bail themselves out so to speak right um i'm just thinking the one time i got my car towed i was not in a position it it really hurt paying like it's like 300 bucks yeah probably more now well definitely more now but i feel like 
when was that? Like 12 years ago? Because, For me? Yeah. Uh, probably like eight years ago. I was like working at a cafe part time. I wasn't like, I wasn't really hustling money that much. Anything involved in a car in LA, just be ready to spend a lot of money. And that's the thing too. Like a parking, t- minimum parking tickets, about 80 bucks or 68 bucks, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's changed in the last month for inflation, but, um, when you're working at a store or a cafe, yeah, that's a lot of money. It hurts. And, um, I got so diligent with not getting a parking ticket. And then I had that one year, like 2020, (laughs) I got like four tickets when I hadn't really gotten a ticket in years. Well, they weren't ticketing for a majority of 2020. I think it was like after. Maybe it was 2019. No, it was 2020. But it was pre-pandemic. And then I, it was dumb because it was like me being slack and forgetting to um, put like the parking permit up yeah. and stuff like that. So tying this into mystical teachings, um, numerology, use the number four to just have a, a, a calm, cool, collected, objective awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay, the city is not trying to uh, take my life away. It's like there's these rules, even though I disagree with them. Some of them I agree with. I have to remember to put my uh, parking pass up, and I don't do it, and then it's it's 68 bucks. Yeah, and four is kind of it, – it is that slack energy even when it's like things are working out enough. I feel like that's like four and 11. Uh, yeah, four, 11, and six and if six. there's any sort of – like passive or, or I should say sort of lazy just uh numbers it can be those but you know whatever it is you're trying to expand or something within yourself just you know look at yourself allow yourself to just uh look at the reality and say okay now that I know the reality I owe this amount of money they're your assets and your liabilities it's it's not all money Emotional assets. That's why in the um, Libra equinox is the time of accounting. Mm-hmm. And we look at that that equinox of balancing those, the sort of stats in a way. Yeah, our spiritual uh, checkbook. <clears throat> well, that's, uh, what do you mean by that? Like you're, you're balancing out like your spiritual, emotional, mental, and then the tangible when you're looking at, when you're doing accounting of your life. Yes, yeah, so where are you writing checks? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's like balancing a check. That's what I'm saying. It's just balancing Oh, balance. Sorry. I thought you meant like just writing checks. No, I just, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker that's like, how could I, how could I, uh, I still have checks left. What do you mean I'm out of money? Uh, <laughs> people, we have to use checks in Vermont, but um, it's like well, old school here. It's interesting because we recently um, had a conversation with somebody and they have all of like they're really grounded in reality and like the actual uh, talking about finances. This can't be anybody we know. Yeah, and like the financial checkbook, like uh, finances of their life, of their life, and um, and what we were saying was going into four is that they don't, I don't think they allow miracles to come in, like they have like they know what their numbers are and what their spending budget is, but there's like this this like aura of negativity where 
doesn't seem like they're allowing some something else to expand that. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't leave room for miracles. Yeah. Which is, a miracle is the other function of four. Exactly. Um, but they don't have, but that's objective awareness. If you have true objective awareness, it's multidimensional and you'll allow space for miracles. It's mm -hmm. not just balancing your checkbook. Yeah. It's balancing these, it's, you, you have to be objective enough to see where the prosperity is. So it's actually, they're, it's very deficient for, hmm. Well, they're only, that's very one dimensional. Yeah. So, um, because all doing your due diligence helps create miracles is sort of the idea and energy around that. Saturn is the due diligence of the adulting responsibility, whatever the work is you have to do, but you do that work because there really is a payoff, right? So, um, like that's, you know, you build a house, for example, and then at some point you get to live in it. Yeah. So that it's, you know, people with like weak Saturn, which is a lot of the planet, um, I feel like a fair amount of people we know, like aren't always great at putting in all the effort and vice versa. And then there's a lot of people that put in way too much Saturn and they have no room for joy. Right. Saturn is not like the, the planet of joy, mm -hmm. but it is truth and beauty. And if you surrender to that, do the work, there's... Um, there's joy. So it's like, that's why all of these signs are relevant and important. And we use all of them and we use all the numbers. Well, that's why I worry that Will Smith, I'm like, he's like cock blocking his joy, the joy of him, like at the peak of his career winning this Oscar. And then he has to this get peak? super. I don't know if this is the peak. I think he's peaked a long time. Okay. Ago. He peaked a long time ago. And I think it's just like, okay, let's give him this award because he's been in the industry for a long time. And, um, you know, he's pretty iconic at this point, but, uh, now even more because of the slap heard around the world. But I'm just saying like, I feel like he kind of, he d destroyed the joy that could have come from that day. I don't know, maybe maybe or that. maybe not. Oh, that could have been nice too. I don't know. It gets him off or makes him it's joyous. Yeah, it was a kind of a Logan people. Roy move. Yeah. Um, I don't really care about Will Smith. I don't like, either at all. And yeah. I don't. Well, I do like Chris Rock. I don't have anything against Will Smith, but it's funny because we're like talking about it in these contexts. But this is what I mean. I think it was set up because everybody's talking about it. But the news cycle, like. Give it one more day, and the me all the memes of Will Smith um, will just they'll probably die out. Yeah. So the news cycles f are fast. Yeah, this like, episode's what, uh, already old. <laughs> yeah, this episode's <laughs> old, and we have a few minutes left. <laughs> um, it's not even the this episode's not even out yet, and then it's going to be old. But it's just funny that people like everyone's uh, going like hellbent and like even this tragedy in the ukraine um and give it a, a week or two it's already dying down yeah um and then uh except for in middlebury you do have to show proof of uh ukraine support to go out <laughs> to eat here yeah but um <laughs> but that's gonna like that'll fade just like oh look at people blowing up that'll fade mm -hmm. uh, what about all the syrian refugees like um, you know, the list goes on. What about Joe Rogan? Yeah, that's that. Those sad. are some good, um, 
Neil Young memes that I was seeing. Oh, I didn't see any Because I'm of in those. the pro-free speech algorithm. Um, yeah, one was like a, an old, what like the original cell phones, and it was like like a, a like a, a senior citizen pressing the buttons, and it was like. Um, you know, angry Neil Young fans trying to delete uh, <laughs> Spotify. Spotify. Um, I was like, that's pretty brilliant. That was like a great meme. Um, but like, that's done, right? Did Joe Rogan get canceled? No. No. So he's still on Spotify. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about I it. I think Neil uh, Young's about to come back to Neil, Spotify. <laughs> so there, there you go. Neil Young canceled himself. Thank God. I still... The only joy I had in that is like I can't stand Neil Young's music. There's Did, on me, the beach the, album is is like one of my favorites. I might get the vinyl of that album. Oh God! Yeah. Please no. Yeah, Remington got me a record player for my birthday. Finally, Gina, as a millennial, has had this fantasy about. Um, a record player, and we had yeah. like a two, three-ish room apartment in LA. And I was like, no freaking way. Yeah. Not putting a record, like, like, because a record player then involves records. Yes. And as a Gen Xer, I was so happy when, um, like, the iPad, like, I was like, oh, it's all right here. Yeah. Because you've never, like, strained your back moving milk crates after milk crates of vinyl, heavy vinyl records. And it's, like, yeah. fun and cool. And most people didn't have a collection enough to have a room like a record store. And um, and then you have to worry about them scratching. And it just is a stress. And then you have an album you like, but then there's a big scratch because you had some, like, idiot roommate or something. And then um, down we have one. I got one because we're going to have more space. Yeah. And then we can build up. It's perfect because when we go to places, we can stop in a record store. I'm actually super into it now because with him, with Isaiah, I would like him to know, at least with a, a vinyl record, and I don't even over romanticize it, but I do like that the vinyl record, you can see the grooves. Yes. And that those grooves are the sound really it's the sound it's a it's a 3d printing of that sound and that's really fascinating yeah to totally so i'd like him to have some sense and know and also a record you have to value mm -hmm. vinyl's also really expensive now it's probably the equivalent of when like i was in high school buying vinyl um this is probably now how expensive it probably was like in you know inflation terms or right whatever. right um, so you really pick and choose. You're like, I'm not just going to, uh, flip on whatever. Cause just know, this on one Spotify. song that, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing too, that I really want to expose him to is just the completion of an entire album. Yeah. Not just cutting to that one song, which you can obviously cut to a song. On yeah. A but vinyl. you have to walk over, you have to lift up. Have you even used a record player? Yes, there? I have. Where? Uh, I used to have one at my apartment in Echo Park when I was... With the Nazis? In the Nazi apartment? No. I, I'm not... No. Gina's afraid to talk about that she lived in an old building that... Well, the building was... Okay, so I lived in a house where it was built in like the 1900s. And the people that owned it originally 
were like Nazi sympathizers and they had like built in the iron cross in the fireplace. And then um, the owner, the current owner um, who inherited it from his parents, whatever, um, he said that they would have meetings there and that Lemmy from Motorhead wanted to buy the fireplace um, because he wanted you know, the built-in Iron Cross. Oh, and there was the swastika, but the swastika was, it wasn't the Nazi swastika. It was like the traditional, is that Sanskrit? A lot of traditions use it. Well, it it was flipped the other way, so. Oh, okay, so it was the good Nazis? No, I'm saying like, they won you the know Academy what I mean. Award. Like one of them is flipped, like it's facing the other way. It's not facing the way They're of the like good the. They're the good Hollywood Nazis. So I feel better about that. I guess so. So I was only there so for. You use, so you had the record player, or one of these Nazis had a record player? No, there weren't Nazis living in this house. <laughs> I am not a Nazi. There's like. Gina's always so worried that like oh, she's, she's gonna offend somebody. Yeah, we live in a world where someone can just take a soundbite. Shit. All right, fine, whatever. So nobody thinks. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so the record player was from it was when I lived with uh, three other women. In a house, in an apartment, in Echo Park. So there we have it, folks. A record player. Super exciting. I would like I to can't teach believe you even brought that up. The Nazi part? Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty funny. I would have been fascinated to see this house. There's actually a Nazi encampment in the hills of Santa Monica you can go visit. Really? Yeah, it was Nazi sympathizers that in the 30s they had a whole hideout bunker system that they were like waiting, allegedly they were waiting. This is like the mysterious things around LA. And so they were waiting for like the war to be won by Germany and then they would come out and help take over America. Hmm. Right in Santa Monica. They probably did come out. They probably took over, and that, and they started the Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, so um, that's uh, with all the glamour and glory of a thousand-year Reich of the Academy Awards. Oh, my God. But um, I do find that sound current, I'm into getting into the records. I still want him to also know to use the digital thing and how to do all of that, too. Um, so I'm not going to be like a Luddite here. But if you take a record uh, with the right equipment, nothing will sound better. That's like, you you really can't argue that. Yeah. But you just need all the right equipment. So at some point, we'll have to really build it out. Yeah. It's a slow roll here. I'm into it. We've got um, time. We've got a 30-year mortgage. A 30-year <laughs> year Reich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's less than that. But... Um, yeah, so that's the shift at the house. So point I'm making is all of this has been a lot of Saturn action for me. Mm-hmm. But also it's just parenting. It's just life. Like I've condensed a lot of life in the last couple of months, and that can be Saturn. But yeah. if you, like, just pony up and and do it, the sat- the rewards from Saturn are, like, very long-lasting. Whereas, like, Jupiter is this sort of other dynamic of ease and softness and just miracles showing up. Like, I just walked into the right place and the right time, and I got this wild job, or I met this client, whatever the case is. I got a book deal. Um, 
And that is another tool and a wonderful flow. And I mostly align with that type of energy overall in my life, I've noticed. But um, sometimes too much of that, nothing really gets accomplished. Yeah. Right? It's like the book deal example. Like that felt like a cool abundance miracle. But then it's like, oh, okay. The Saturn reality of this is then the book, the work has to be done. Right. So uh, I just do the work. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you wanted to end there, but one thing that I've just that just keeps coming to mind that I wanted to mention was how um, I've eliminated or how I, I try to eliminate the word should because it's like the perfect word to procrastinate the things that you want to do. I haven't. I haven't been consciously aware that you've done that. No, but I just, wasn't really listening to you saying should or paying attention to that. No, so I much. say it to myself like, oh, I should meditate tomorrow versus just doing it. Or yeah, I, I should I should uh, write for 10 minutes a day. Eliminate should. Eliminate should. Yeah, I think that is a good idea. And I eliminated uh, the word just. For what? Like if it's, oh, I just saw your message. Like it's this weird urgency where I feel like I owe the other person um, insight into the timeline of me receiving an email or completing a task. So what you're saying is somehow you feel anxious uh, that other person's judging you, then you feel guilty, and then to overcompensate for that, you overextend yourself in some level? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know me. Uh, that's exactly what you do. Um, like that time I gave you an iPad and then poor Gina, she's like, you never have to give me a gift ever again. I was like, where's that iPad? I don't know. You loved it for about a while and then it just, I think it died. Something happened. Something's wrong with it. I didn't, wasn't dying. What I didn't reveal to you is I got that iPad when I switched cell phone providers. You did tell me that. I mean, I paid for it, but it was like a really good deal. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I thought it was a good surprise because you claimed you wanted one. Well, I'm trying to get better at receiving gifts and definitely. Well, that was years ago. No, but even now. I mean, we've received all yeah. these gifts and it's like, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's really important to just accept and allow and receive it. Yeah. Because you're going to block a lot of energy. And um, if someone wants to give you a gift, just receive it because that person really wants to give the gift. Yeah. Um, like all the Dunkin' Donuts gift cards that I have. But just, you love Dunkin' Donuts, don't you? I have gotten a lot of yeah. Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. Just receive the gift. Receive the blessing. I speak of this often. Because it's also that other person's joy and their experience to give. Mm -hmm. And so when you block that, you're kind of being a jerk. True. You're taking that experience away. I was like worried with the um, with the record player that I got you for your birthday that you would be like, oh, what? You said we weren't going to buy anything because we're moving and all this stuff. I, I must be like losing it because when there was that big box on the table, I was like, what could this possibly be? Not only you're not receiving the gift, you're in gift denial. Yeah, I was this like, this thing what? is like huge. You even wrote a little clue in the in the birthday card, and I was yeah, like, like about okay. being in the groove. I yeah. was like, every element of this gift, including the vinyl records that I got you, are going to reveal the gift. Right. So, 
and he just yeah that's your own gift and well it was an epic surprise so thank you for that okay well i'm into it because i am going to get a lot of jazz and classical because a those don't really hold the value of like a classic rock album and uh that's the type of stuff that i really want to hear on vinyl and teaching him about music he loves bach he loves Bach lute music. Aww. And I keep trying to play different things to see what he might like or what he responds to. And uh, I was like listening to a little Bob Dylan because I like that song, My Blue Eyed Son. Yeah. Because I used to listen to that as a kid and that always made me think of me. A hard rain's going to fall. Yeah. And then like, oh, my dad had that album and then I was his blue eyed son. Aww. And now... But then I was like playing it, and he was like grooving. He liked it for a hot minute, and then that harmonica, harmonica killed ah, it. And then he was like, "What the?" F-? He was like, "Dad, shut this he shit off." <laughs> basically, but then you play Bach, not busy Bach, not like Brandenburg concertos with all the har- harpsichords going all over the place. It's the lute, mm. the complete works of the lute. He likes Brian Eno too. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll just keep a little, see what he, he's, he's I like Alice Coltrane. Yeah, that's kind of mellower, mystical. Yeah. The Bach loop music is very subdued. But also playing music out of like legitimate speakers versus from the phone is another thing I would like to really incorporate into his life and sound current because it's yeah. just everything just feels like it's print, it's remastered to be like dulled down. Well, that's the whole thing with the sound current, which yeah. I've spoken on this pod a lot about. Sound current is what number? 11. Yes. Um, and sound is one of the most important frequencies of the Aquarian age. That's why your word is really, really powerful. Um, and the veil is thinner. So be aware of what you say and create and say things that you want in present tense. Um but music is powerful, and magic music is the is the art of the soul. Mm. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to expand out in the record player. For the record, though, I don't listen to music generally on my phone on the phone speaker. It's just sometimes with him a little background, little yeah, little noise. But yeah, but at least he's into Bach. Very sophisticated Aquarius. Well, I was thinking it would like the weirder the better and the more avant-garde. But you realize when he gets the, older, maybe yeah. Like the if you're listening, trying to listen through the ears of a several week old, you're like, oh, a lot of this music's irritating. But he likes Led Zeppelin, so yeah, that was good. But Les, I was thinking about that. I was like, Led Zeppelin isn't irritating. No, you listen to irritating music. I do. Like it's more, and I mean that sort of. I actually mean that as a compliment because it's more complex. It's more intricate. There's more dissidence. Um, like Nick Cave is really irritating music to me. Yeah. Um, it probably to him too. Led Zeppelin's e- little. He likes the weeping song. He did. He did. All right. There's some good Nick Cave tracks, but yeah. Um. What else? There was another aspect. Oh, Mar- uh, Mars, not Mars. Mercury goes into it. Went just went into Aries too. What does that mean? Well, you should. T- you tell me. I don't know. It just seems like people are just going to be fighting and shouting at each other. You are... Calling a, each other names. Um, mm, 
that could be a very very low vibration of mercury and it's Aries. weird that you th- associate Wait. so much Aries with fighting, but you're in Aries and you're not. You don't fight. Because my Aries is drowning in the twelfth house. <laughs> the good energy of it, man. We had to go through these Aries lessons last time, man. Um, Aries, Mercury in Aries means that is like brilliantly instinctual. Okay. And so things are going to move fast. Okay. It's not. It's very short lived. I mean, Mercury moves very quick, so. You can't really, you can't, it's against the word mercurial. Um, you can't, like, hold on to it. For for the hot minute that this is happening, the next, uh, what, like, let's say it's a week, two weeks or so, is an 88-day orbit. So um, I think it's like two degrees a day or whatever. Uh, so anyhow, uh yeah, that's like great, brilliant instinct. So I would encourage the little bit by the time this comes out, we have some time. Um, really just tap into that. Mercury's high energy teaching and magic is that um, it's the communication of your highest, higher self, which kind of aligns with six, not in the like shoe and astrology of it all, but this concept of accessing that knowledge and communication of of sort of everything it's like the code of knowing so if you take the code of knowing and then you take the gut instinct of aries and there's a just go for it um i think it's a nice time yeah it sounds like a really decisive time it should be decisive yeah somehow you as an aries double aries with a lot of stuff in aries somehow thinks that you got to go in an aries you got to create a big bender and go into debt or that you have to argue yeah i'm not any of those things i don't know i know a lot of aries women um and I don't see them as arguing, except for my mom, <laughs> who's an Aries. But um, so, yeah, it's just a great time for, like, um, dust your, get the cobwebs out of your mind. And Mercury, the the negative side of Mercury is overthinking it. Mercury is really just knows. Boom. Yeah. It's exactly precise. It's adaptability. Mm-hmm. It's the Magus card. If you take the Magus card and the Emperor card and look at them side by side, you're like, that energy is going to adapt, it's going to move, and it's powerful. Well, now I'm thinking about all the people that you say you'll do readings for, or just people out there that are like, what do I want? And I think this is the perfect time to just kind of have that idea and go for it. Yeah, it's short, so do it. Fast. Yeah, it's fast. Move fast. There's a, a really cool teaching in magic. Uh, God is fast. You're slow. Let thy soul be awakened. 